gave you my word I would return. I saw you with the Avengers. Jane, I fought to protect Earth. Is that your excuse? Yes. It's not terrible. Before the universe, there was darkness. And it has survived. Face an enemy, not only to a few, only to one. After all this time, you come to me for help. I'm Loki. You may have heard of me. That was from New York. I like her. Thor, your family, your world will be extinguished. It's going to destroy everything. I'll find a way to save us all. The Dark World. Only in theaters November 8th. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Today is November the 10th, 2013, and this is going to be podcast 462 for the show. 462. <laughs> Every time I say these numbers, it gets just gets to be like, oh, really? That's crazy. All right, so folks, that was a little bit of a trailer preview TV spot for the new movie Thor: The Dark World. It is now in theaters. Opened a couple of days ago. I saw it yesterday. I wanted to see it before today's podcast. I'm going to give you just a brief um, review of it when we get into the show. Uh, won't be any spoilers or anything like that. Uh, suffice to say, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, you know, love comics, and uh, I think they did a good job again. So I'll say a little bit more in a few moments. Uh, but today we're going to look at, uh, again, we're going to do uh, a classic style show, as I like to call them. It is going to cover the next episode of Enterprise. I covered one um, last month, and this is sort of a follow-up episode to that. Um, this time out, we're going to cover the fourth season episode, uh, Divergence. And th this is the follow-up to what I did last month, and it is sort of continues to tell the tale of... How those Klingons, you know, had like ridges and didn't have ridges and then had ridges again and all that, all that jazz. Uh, you know, again, last month I started with the episode uh, of Enterprise called Affliction. And now we're going to cover Divergence, which uh, which I, I've I had a couple of times over the years where I've done these like two part things that I didn't quite, quite cover the second part. But anyway, I wanted to get back to this real quickly. I think this is a good set of episodes so we're going to cover that. I'm going to play the episode comment along with it. Uh, also, I want to make sure that I thank the guys from last week, uh, Jeff and Rick and Brian and Joe, uh, for doing a great job with all the Star Wars Rebel ships. Yeah, that uh, was a lot of fun to listen to. I, I, I can still remember, I, I, Brian mentioned this, I know, uh, a few times, I think, last week. But I can still remember seeing some of that early Macquarie pre-production art in my old Starlog magazine before Star Wars came out uh, way back in the day <laughs> and and just being so excited about it and, and, and just, you know, f for, you know, probably, you know, one of the first time maybe that, that, that such a production had been undertaken, you know. Nowadays we're just so used to all this stuff and and to, to see all of that on the screen and, and, and all the care and just detail that everything that went into those ships and everything was is just fantastic so again thanks for doing that guys uh really appreciate it and uh 
I think that's about all. We're going to talk about uh, some other stuff this week, of course. I've got a couple of audio clips from people also uh, to play, which is fun and nice. And I'm even going to try to slide in a, a collectible review of a new little statue that I just got a couple of days ago. So all that and more coming up here on this week's edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's drink flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Gold, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. All right, let's get into things. Uh, a couple just kind of in brief announcements here. Uh, that I wanted to mention. Uh, the first one being, if you guys aren't aware of it yet, anyone who's listening, uh, I am going to be in, in two weeks, about uh, two weeks from now, I will be in Austin, Texas for the Austin Comic Con. Uh, this is a Wizard World comic convention along with celebrities and, and things like that. I will be uh, there uh, also with the uh, ladies from Anomaly. From, uh, Jen and Angela are going to be there and I think maybe one or two others. Uh, but we're going to be kind of hanging around. They've got a table there. I'll be in that area and uh, going to do a little dress up, a little cosplay, have a little fun. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be there all three days. That is November. Gosh, it's only two weeks away, less than two weeks away. I'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Uh, so uh, if you happen to see me, if you happen to be in the area and, you, and you're there, you know, please come up and say hello. I'll, uh, I won't bite. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, anyway, let's just not go down that path. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, as I've said, I think a couple of times on the show, it's been a long time since I've been uh, at a big con uh, out of, you know, my normal kind of Michigan-ish area. I haven't gone out of the state to see one in a long time to a big one. I, I threaten always to go to Comic Con in the summer, and I never get to it. I threaten to go to the Vegas Trek Con. I really got to go to the Vegas Trek Con. Maybe next year. We'll see. But uh, but anyway, I'm going to be there for uh, all those days. And, uh, again, if you're in the Texas area or you happen to be able to swing over, uh, please do so. It's, uh, you know... Get, getting me out of the state of Michigan, except for work things, is is not a is not a common feat. So I I've, I've kind of made a new pact. I had a birthday a couple of days ago, and uh, well, I actually made this little sort of pact a, a while back. I, I don't know, not really a pact, but a you know there there's 
a lot of times you always can come up with excuses not to do things. You know, it's like, ah, I don't really have the time. I don't have the money, blah, 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 you know. But after a while, it gets to be the point, like, are you ever really going to do it? So I, I've kind of tried to decide that if it's within reason and possible and, and without too much, you know, difficulty, it's not like I'm spending millions of dollars to go down there. You know, fortunately, I got some uh, press passes for tickets, uh got a pretty reasonable hotel and uh the flight was a i have so many miles on airlines that i i got a free flight ticket so anyway but yeah i've kind of decided you got to do some of this stuff now and then i mean like lynn and i for example have talked about going to um europe taking a trip over there forever and i've always wanted to see new zealand and just a bunch of places so it's um time to start doing some of this stuff i'd say so and what else did i want to talk about another announcement oh yeah there are um Shirts coming to some of the uh, people who have purchased them. I, I did this new polo shirt line, an embroidered polo shirt instead of a t-shirt for Treks and Sci-Fi. Kind of show off your uh, support and love of the podcast and the show. So uh, those are going to be shipping out in here in a couple of days. They really turned out great. They're kind of on a on a dark gray kind of uh, polo material, you know, for color for the shirt. I kind of like that uh, look. I, I was looking to, to make it look a little bit like the uh, the uniform shirt kind of things they wore in the Star Trek films. You know, those those gray kind of things they wore when they're around Starfleet that just had this sort of Delta shield. Um, didn't really want black. I'm not a big fan of just complete black unless I'm wearing like a you know a suit or a tux or something like that. But uh, no, they're great. And uh, so that's uh, those are going to be coming out or getting shipped out in a couple of days. I guess tomorrow is Veterans Day, I think, a holiday. So um, Tuesday I'll be hitting the post office with those. So anyone that ordered a shirt, they'll be coming out. To, you should have them by the end of the week, no, no later than the end of this week. So, And I will be wearing one of mine. Uh, at the Comic Con for at least part of it. So, uh, if you don't know uh, who I am, I'm 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 tall and you know I've, I'll be wearing a Trex and Sci-Fi shirt. So, <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Do I want to take another break? Nah, let's not take another break. Let's just get right into talking a little bit about Thor. Thor: The Dark World. This is uh, you know another Marvel Studios picture following up. Uh, you know, they're sort of phase two, I think they're calling it line of films, uh, you know, they that started with the Avengers and after. Um, they did Iron Man 3, of course, last May, which I enjoyed. And this one, Thor, is uh, is, is really a, a good movie, I think. There, there's, there's quite a bit of, um, you know, the Norse mythology in this uh, and, and background. And for some people, that may not be as much of an interest as somebody like who's kind of funny and snarky, like like Tony Stark and Iron Man. I, I've always kind of had I had a kind of a mixed bag feeling for Thor. I've read the comics off and on over the years. Sometimes I've really enjoyed it. Sometimes I find that it's a little hard to get my head around. There's so much background and mythology sometimes that gets shoved into it. That it's a little to me a little bit too much. But I thought they did a good job with this movie. Uh, it's not overly you know all mythology and all that uh uh natalie portman is back as jane foster and and and, um cat dennings it it provides a lot of good comic relief as darcy she's great uh i was reading some comments online saying they you know marvel should give darcy her own movie (laughs) i would i'd probably go see that 
Anyway, uh, but it's a good movie. It's basically, you know, like there's this big evil bad guy, Malekith, and I'm not really giving away anything that isn't in previews, but, uh, you know, he's out to pretty much destroy, you know, the Asgardians, destroy Earth in the process, destroy everything, uh, pretty much, and uh, Thor's got to stop him, of course. So, uh, and that that's basically, in a way, a nutshell picture of it. And Loki's in it. Again, you see him, he's back in it. Uh, he's in the previews. So, uh, and, and uh, I read also something online that, you know, every time he's kind of on screen, the movie kind of perks up, they say. He's just kind of a nice bad guy, if that makes sense. You know, he's a good bad guy, although I I think it's time to give him a rest a little bit. You know, I mean, he had such a big role in, in, the, in the previous um, movies, especially, of course, Avengers, and it's, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, you can't keep, you don't want to use him too much, you know. So it'd be like having Lex Luthor in every Superman movie. So, but yeah, it's a good movie. Lots of action. Uh, there, there's there's comedy, of course. There's the love angle of it, and that which is kind of funny. And uh, and speaking of that, uh, oh, Kaylee's barking a little bit. Speaking of that, I found this funny little uh, clip from Jimmy Kimmel online that I wanted to play for you here. This is sort of if Thor was a, a love story. So listen to this, and I'll I'll be right back. It's pretty funny. Thor The Dark World opens tomorrow. Every big budget comic book movie sequel is legally required to put the word dark in their title now. <laughs> These superhero movies do very well at the box office. They're primarily seen by men, but um, in attempt to bring more women into the theater this weekend, Marvel is doing an interesting thing. They're trying to market it to women, too. Jane Foster was looking for love in all the wrong places until a blast from the past came out of nowhere to sweep her off her feet and make her wildest dreams come true. And no matter what tried to tear them apart, he'd find a way to save them. I'll find a way to save us. This November, sometimes the strongest force in the universe is love. Thor Actually, a romantic comedy that's out of this world. First romantic comedy in three days. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, I uh, have to admit, it's, it's, you know, when you slip in different music, different uh, voiceover, you really can change, obviously, something uh, pretty easily. And, uh, oh, I wanted to mention, I forgot to say that, I saw Thor in IMAX 3D, um, mostly for... Uh, I wanted to go see it in an AMC IMAX. I don't know if it's everywhere, but anyway, they had five minutes or so of the Captain America movie, uh, Winter Soldier, uh, or The Winter Soldier, or whatever it is. I guess it's The Winter Soldier. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It, it's not a whole lot of footage that you haven't seen in the Captain America preview. I mean, there's obviously a little bit more. Uh, I, I'll give you guys a little bit of a, of a hint. It's um, yeah, There's a scene in one of the trailer in the trailer where caps in this elevator or with a bunch of guys who kind of attack him and uh that whole scene is kind of played out in this along with some other footage uh yet uh what you see in the imax um preview but i want to comment on the imax and the 3d thing i i don't know if it's just me I, and and i i can see 3d just fine usually when i've seen the 3d movies i i'm not a big fan of them i don't usually go to them but i wanted to see the cap preview and i think this was the only way to see it but this movie, Thor, The Dark World, there is like no 3D in this movie. I mean, I don't see, I hardly see anything 
the most 3D I saw the whole time I was wearing those silly glasses in the theater was watching the uh, the Desolation of Smog uh, Hobbit preview, uh, which which they definitely can you know they definitely have some 3D effects going on in that movie, but. Uh, but this Thor of the Dark World, I, I mean, it was, I should have just taken the glasses off. I, I mean, it was ridiculous. There was really, it was truly, I, I have, I saw nothing, I think, that made me feel like this was one of these 3D effect uh, images, you know, you see with little sprinkly stuff. I mean, maybe, okay, I, I'll take that back. There was one little scene where there's little lights and, and things floating in the, in the, in the air that, that I think, yeah, there was sort of a 3D effect going on in that one. But the rest of it? just ridiculous nothing this is obviously a converted 3d film so you'll be disappointed i believe if if that is something that's important to you but um but anyway not not a huge thing again i was happy to see the cap thing and i love imax just the huge screen i love seeing things um in those you know in that kind of a setting so go see thor the dark world uh, and i'm going to take a break now i'll come back with a, just a little bit more info and and, and commentary on, on a couple things but next up, we've got a little music moment that Vartok is is doing um, some uh, slightly shorter music moments uh, for the podcast. So here's uh, Vartok. Talk again with another Treks in Sci-Fi music moment. One soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about tracks 27 and 28 to the 2013 sci-fi movie After Earth. The music to After Earth was composed by James Newton Howard, one of my favorite A-list Hollywood composers. If you recall, After Earth is about a military father, Cypher Rage, played by Will Smith, and his son Katai, played by Will Smith's real-life 15-year-old son, Jaden, who both crash land on Earth 1,000 years after cataclysmic events force humanity to abandon Earth for a new home planet called Nova Prime. Katai must save his dying father and himself by trekking alone through hostile but beautiful jungles, surviving cold thermal shifts, and spelunking through a volcano, all the while being pursued by evolved predators and a giant Ursus, a blind, multi-limbed alien beast that crashed on the planet with them and that hunts humans by smelling fear. James Newton Howard continues his association with director M. Night Shyamalan with After Earth. Along with The Lady in the Water and The Last Airbender, it has been said that Shemelian seems to extract scores in a higher league from Newton than for other movies he has composed over the last decade. It has also been noted by several critics that the best parts of Newton's After Earth score are just fantastic, but that 75% of the middle sections are not impressive. Okay, what's the deal, Vartok? That's two tracks, and you said one soundtrack. Well, as it turns out, there are two occasions on the CD where one track continues directly into the next track, and it wouldn't do to have the track stop abruptly. In this case, the two tracks I want to highlight for you from After Earth 
are the beautiful and warm I want to work with mom and the rousing end credits titled appropriately After Earth. Well, I hope you enjoyed that music and sci-fi moment. And now back to you, Rico. Well, thank you, Vartok, for that music moment. That was great uh, from uh, After Earth. Uh, yeah, I saw that movie not that long back, uh, finally. I-, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it, it-, it wasn't anything crazy or amazing or fancy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, also, a couple of other little things that I wanted to comment on. I don't talk a lot about gaming uh, on uh, games and things on the podcast. I've mentioned I know... Quite a few times I play World of Warcraft. I've played it forever, and I'm not a real hardcore player of it, but I, I enjoy it and get in there now and then and probably play a little this afternoon. But I watched um, 
I got that virtual ticket for BlizzCon. BlizzCon is Blizzard Games does World of Warcraft, Diablo, StarCraft, and they have a big convention almost every year. They didn't have one last year, but they've had uh, pretty much almost each year or two over the years that uh, since 2005 or so, really after World of Warcraft came out. And I watched that over this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, and they announced uh, on the new expansion for World of Warcraft, Warlords of Draenor, and that looks cool. They talked a little bit about the uh, Warcraft movie, which I think is due in 2015, along with every other movie. Oh, yeah, the other news that you probably all know, all the geeks out there, but we got a release, uh, an official date for the next Star Wars uh, Episode Seven. I think it's December 18th. I think it's the 18th of December, 2015. So, um, so yeah, lots of stuff coming in 2015. But anyway, the the World of Warcraft thing was pretty cool. They didn't talk really a lot about the movie. They showed some concept art. Looks like it's going to be basically, you know, uh, orcs versus humans going back to the very early days of that conflict. Uh, so that'll be uh, interesting to watch how that progresses. Looks like they have some really cool ideas of ways to do the effects. They're going to try to do you know, a combination of both live action stuff and CG and things. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see another fantasy type franchise, you know, besides just Lord of the Rings and that's, um, and Hobbit movies, of course. So, uh, so that was fun to see. And also I wanted to mention, cause I'm really looking forward to it and I, and I won't be seeing you or talking to you next week. And then in two weeks, we're going to have a, uh, Special Austin Comic Con, probably vidcast report after I get back from that. But of course, we're coming up to um, this big 50th anniversary day of the Doctor that they're doing this um, TV episode. Is it a TV episode movie? I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, it's uh, it's coming on the 23rd of November. Also, it looks like it's going to be also in theaters on the 25th of November in the evening. I think the, uh, I think I even saw that it's going to be an IMAX too, and maybe 3D. I, I don't know. I think so. So I'm going to play uh, this little trailer to uh, the day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary Doctor Who special. Um, I've been really uh, a big, big fan of Doctor Who ever since it came back uh, on in 2005. So I'm looking forward to this quite a bit. I'll be at that convention o- over this weekend. I, unfortunately, I probably won't see it, uh, although I might be able to rig up a way to see it on my iPad or something in the hotel room that evening after it airs. Uh, I've been trialing this new thing called ARIO for uh, uh, being able to sort of do recording of television uh, online or offline. How do you call it? Anyway, basically, you can program into... Um, your account and say, I want to record an episode of something and watch it at a later date. It's almost like an online TiVo situation and mechanism. They're doing a beta test that I'm in that, and it's pretty cool. So, uh, but anyway, here is the Day of the Doctor TV trailer, and I'll be back in a moment. I've had many faces, many lives. And there's one life I've tried very hard to forget. I'm looking for the doctor. Well, you've certainly come to the right place. The moment is coming. I'm ready. 
Doctor Who, The Day of the Doctor, Saturday the 23rd of November on BBC One. Yeah, it looks cool. It's just going to be really neat to see, uh, especially the, the, the fact that David Tennant's going to be there with Matt Smith uh, playing off each other. That's going to be very, very cool. I, I, it's, you know, I've, I've loved Matt Smith. I love David Tennant as the doctor. So I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, lots of cool stuff. I mean, a great time to be a geek, isn't it? <laughs> it's just uh, so many cool things to see. We got another Hunger Games movie coming in a couple of weeks. It's it's just uh, a lot of fun. So um, cool, cool stuff. And um, all right, we really got to get into this Enterprise episode, Divergence. And uh, I'm going to go through the episode comments as we watch. And later on after that, I've got a clip uh, from somebody, an audio review clip that somebody sent in and talking about what they liked about this move or movie. Sorry, TV episode of Trek. Uh, all right. So here we go. Without any further ado, as they say, here is uh, Enterprise's episode from Season 4, Divergence. All right, here we go with Divergence. Previously on Enterprise. You, Denobula, come with us. A virus is spreading from planet to planet. Millions are already infected. What do you want with me? If this continues, the Klingon species will cease to exist. There's a job you need to do, Lieutenant. It may be the only way to save your friend's life. Traitor. Traitor Reed. That can help you create Klingon augments. Take him. The Malcolm Reed I know would give his life before committing treason. There are some obligations that go beyond my loyalty to you. And this crew. To both Captain Archer. Go ahead. The warp matrix has been compromised by a Klingon subroutine. It's infiltrated our command protocols. Pressure's increasing again. Take us to warp 5.2. Sir, we can't hold that speed for long. We're out of options, Travis. 5.2. And now the conclusion. So we're on Enterprise here. Archer's, uh, not looking too happy going down the corridor we have 47 minutes until our reactor breaches what did the klingons do to it they altered our engineering subroutines if we go below warp five the reactor is going to explode how can i help i've just been talking with trip columbia can rendezvous with us in 30 minutes he says he can restore the subroutines we can't do that from columbia we're going to bring him on board the transporter won't operate at warp Docking's out of the question. Trip told me you had experience transferring personnel at warp speed. Like training exercises, yes. And at warp speed, one. Every move was rehearsed in simulators for weeks. We don't have weeks. We'll have to merge our warp field with Columbia's. Paul's doing the calculations now. In warp five, we'll have to move within 50 meters of each other. Has anyone ever done this before? Of course not, they have Travis can handle the flying. Get trip over here. You'll have to let me out of this break. It's been a long, long Alright, here we go. Divergence. Uh, this episode was uh, from season four, of course. Uh, 16th episode of that season. First aired on February 25th, 2004. It was written by Judith and Garfield Reeve Stevens. They've also written some Trek novels and uh, directed by David Barrett. 
Again, this is the kind of Klingon augment virus arc, as it's called, and uh, tries to go to explain why in the original series, of course, the Klingons look, you know, kind of like these Asian, swarthy, you know, humans. And then of, uh, uh, all of a sudden in the motion picture and beyond, they all had these weird ridges and on their foreheads and, and looked like Worf and, and everyone, all the other Klingons we've seen since then. And it turns out that that the uh, Klingons have been experimenting with an augment uh, method of enhancing their uh, genetics and it had some complications and created this virus that's uh, basically, um, you know, threatening to kill all the Klingons. So they kidnapped flocks to try to help with this. Back into the uh, episode Act 1. Now remember, there's another NX uh, starship at this point, the Columbia, that Trip had transferred over to. Commander Tucker, are you ready for this? As ready as I'll ever be. Trip is in down in sort of the shuttle area Open bay in a spacesuit. They're going to have to merge the warp fields together of the two ships and then you're going to have to get trip over somehow. Archery. Go ahead. We're in position. I like this concept and idea, but I also always think to myself, can't they just sort of like talk a a good engineer through what trip's going to do? I mean, I know it's got to be like, there's a cool shot here of um, the ships flipping. So they're basically, you know, Coming up mirror images meters. looking of each other. 90, 80 meters. As Columbia comes up bridge. from below on now. All hands brace for warp field contact. Malcolm's down there in, uh, in a spacesuit also to sort of help trip the board. Hold us steady, Travis. Or Chef will know who to blame for the mess in the galley. We're at 50 meters and holding. Make sure everything's ready for trip and engineering. Archie to read. You're all clear. Understood. Columbia, I'm deploying the tether. This is a cool scene because of, you know, the gravity difference and, and all and the upside down nature of that everything. You know, it's like we finally get to sort of actually see what Never thought I'd see the stars like this. Eyes on the cable, Commander. You know, space and, and everything in between them. I'll tell you what though, in this uh, there's a graphic here of trip uh, in mid uh, they look the ships look a lot further apart than fifty meters to me. You know, it's like supposed to be half a football field, whatever. They show tiny trip just on this line, you know, between the two ships. I'm reading the fluctuation in the warp field. Take power from life support if you have to, but keep the field constant. Sir, I'm having trouble holding position. 52 meters. 55. Don't mean to be a pest, but can someone tell me what's going on? You're almost here, Trip. Keep going. 
Engineering, report. Rerouting power now, Captain. Stand by. 59 meters. to the bridge. It's not working. The field is still fluctuating. Almost there! The trip's almost there. And, uh... Malcolm grabs him, gets him up. Part of the ceiling comes out there in engineering, or the shuttle bay, I should say, not engineering. Bridge. I have him. You alright, Trip? I'll feel a lot better when this is over. There's only one way to do this, Captain. A cold start. I have to shut down the reactor and reset the algorithms. Once we bring the warp engine back online, the subroutine should be back to normal. But if we shut down the reactor... That's why we need to move inside Columbia's warp field. They can sustain our speed while I reinitialize the engines. They won't be able to hold us for more than a minute or two. They don't have enough power. I've got a shortcut in mind. Shortcut? Those subroutines would take hours to decrypt. Better just to purge them. Wipe them clean. Reboot. When in doubt, reboot. We'll contact Columbia. What are they here for? The captain and I have had a slight misunderstanding. How slight? These gentlemen are here to escort me back to the brig. Don't worry, I'll tell you all about it when we're not quite so busy. Betsy, meeting you here. Intermix pressure. 1527. Field variance. 87 millicockers. Somebody hasn't been taking very good care of my engine. Speak with the Klingons. What are you doing? You might want to take notes. I'm about to perform a manual shutdown and restart in less than two minutes. That's not possible. Watch me. Just pull the plug, reboot, you know. Get Windows 29 uh, rebooted on Enterprise, and you should be all fine. Do me a favor, Jonathan. Make this quick. Archer to trip. Ready when you are. Stand by! Everyone get away from the bulkheads! It's gonna get a little I like the fact here. that they, you know, use the Columbia, this whole thing of the work bubble. Reactor shut down in five, four, three, two, one! Basically like the trip shorted it out almost, but... Jenkins, man the relays. Yes, sir. He's pulling all these basically look like circuit boards out of the seconds. engine. Understood. Trip, how's it going? Just another minute, Captain. You don't have a minute. Get ready to initialize the matrix. Field. 15 seconds trip. Almost there. Full power to 
containment. Fire up the antimatter stream. Ten seconds. Thanks for the lift. You're not getting away with my chief engineer that easily. Any plans for the next few days? What have you got in mind? Oh, I thought we'd go get our uh, doctor back. You know, maybe that'd be a good idea. And figure out, you know, have Fox. a little uh, vengeance on these uh, Klingons who Fox. sabotaged the Enterprise. This will help. My apologies for the general conduct. So cruel. This is no way to treat a man of science. Then end it. Contact Starfleet. My people need you, Phlox. We have no healers with your abilities. You want me to create Klingon augments? Living weapons, I won't do it. No. Yeah, Cla they've been um, the Klingons have been torturing Flocks to get you him, force him to cooperate with a them. Weakness in the virus causing the plague. If we interrupt the transcription sequence here, this is another doctor, um, Antek, who's um, yes. trying to help Flocks. Yes, that would stop the. He's played by uh, John Shuck, who's played one. Klingons uh, in Trek be before a couple of times. It's a minor neural reordering, but no development of stage two characteristics. No enhanced strength or speed or endurance. <laughs> but then General Kavak would not get his augments. He would never allow it. What if we don't tell him? Do you understand what will happen as the general learns that we've deceived him? The cure would save millions of innocent lives. What more honorable death could there be for a healer, Klingon, or Denobulin? Yeah, so they're kind of conspiring here to fix the situation, but supplemental. they wouldn't end up with augments. To join us in our search for flocks. We'll have a better chance of making it through Klingon territory Twice the firepower. There's a little detail that's uh, a little error in this, where if you, you notice the Enterprise and the Columbia, they have USS written on them in a couple of special effects shots, which was a mistake. Uh, I guess somebody goofed up. Not when they affect my ship. Now it's time for Archer and Reed to have it out again. We ran his face and voice print through our database. His name's Harris. He worked in Starfleet security. Up till five years ago, after that, his file ends. Captain, there's nothing more I can add. I won't accept that. You endangered every member of this crew. You answer to me. I thought I knew you, Malcolm. 
hold this Harris has on you. You could have come to me. I'm under orders. I'm your commanding officer. If you don't tell me what's going on, I'll go to Starfleet. Whatever you think you've been trying to keep hidden is going to come out. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? I can't tell you what I don't know. And let me talk to someone who can. Send a message to Harris. Of course, you know, this is... Uh, Has the House of Flocks always been one of healers? You know, they... Uh, there is no... Uh, had this history, supposedly, with Flocks. Reed, where he was part of Section no 31, you know, this covert inner group that uh, did some nasty Three things. Wives, also, as of course mentioned in the uh, Star Trek Into wives. Darkness movie. Your mating practices must be very complex. Wondrously so. What about the House of Antok? We are a warrior caste. When I became a healer, my father disowned me. As a physician in the Imperial fleet, you've served in the military? Not as well as I should have. I did not screen my subjects properly. This plague, all its victims, it's my fault. My failure is the reason you're here. Yeah, well, you can fix it now, so um, just fix it. Now we're back showing these augments. The humans could not stop us. Klingons. I am your superior. You will salute. Of course, they're not really, you know, good at saluting. They no. feel superior and... Report. Enterprise was destroyed. Starfleet will think it was her engines. One of you is missing. Your son was slow. The humans killed him. Did he die with honor? He led him. Humans kill him. Ooh, I guess that's not so honorable, huh? That female augmented Klingon seems familiar. The actress, the voice sounds familiar to me. Oh, it's Kristen Bauer. Oh, Report. yeah, she's on uh, True Blood. That's why the voice is the voice. Hm. Details. I've identified the RNA sequences that code... Details I can pass on to my superiors. I know where to look for the switch that will turn off the virus. How long until you find it? An hour. One hour. Yeah, she's, uh... What do you want? I have she's news plays for my counsel. Pam Explain. on uh, True Blood, Kristen Bauer, Lanith on this episode of Enterprise. The Council has shut down your project. If you sterilize this colony, then all our research will be lost. The fleet will reach you in three days. If you're successful by the time we enter orbit, Kovat will be spared. If not, we blow you away. It's going to be a while before everything's back to normal in engineering. Can Kilby handle it? 
I could pull a little double duty to help him out. I could check with Captain Hernandez. Something else? What the hell's going on with Malcolm? Nothing I can get into right now. Fair enough. Guess I better get back to Columbia. I'll walk with you. Poor Malcolm, caught in the middle. Ooh, Malcolm in Are the middle, get it? Are you your time aboard Columbia? Sure, why wouldn't I? You haven't been experiencing any problems? Such as? Adjusting to new food, new routines, trouble sleeping. I sleep just fine. How about you? Fine. You sure about that? Quite. Well, I have these weird dreams where you're in them and we're like communicating more than just your average dream. Your hour is up. <laughs> yeah. We are getting so, the test uh, results now. We are running out of time. General, I know the Klingon fleet is on its way and I understand what this project cost you personally. And talk told me about your son. He died in combat for the Empire. At least he was spared the final stage of this disease. May I ask how he was infected? Command chose his unit for the augment experiment when we had exhausted our supply of prisoners. My son was a warrior. He asked for no special treatment, and I gave him none. Yeah, the guy who directed this episode was the. Um, this is actually a first-time director for uh, for Enterprise so for, give you. for David Barrett. I think he does a good it's job, dead. though. I, I that. like some of the shots no and some of the ways they did so some of the scenes here. Now we're back to uh, the brig with well, the Klingon and uh, Reed and smart is more in the brig together. General, talking. since you said that the greatest victories are those won without fighting, the great Kalis said there's no victory without combat. Do you ever question why you fight? Soldiers don't question, they obey. What if your superiors are wrong? They're imprisoned or killed. That's not how we do things in Starfleet. Which is why the Klingon Empire will defeat you. Then how come you're in the same break that I'm in? You said we'd become stronger. This is what you've done to us. He will become infectious soon. He should be quarantined. We'll remain here. If we're going to die, we'll die together. As comrades. Be patient, Lieutenant. The Denobulin is working to stabilize the human DNA. You will all be healthy again and stronger than any Klingon. Will he restore our appearance? I don't know. How do you expect us to return home looking like this? We will be outcasts. There will be no place for us in the Empire. Your heart is still Klingon. Are you certain of that? During the battle with the Starfleet ship, I felt fear for the first time since I was a child. I wasn't alone. I could see it in the eyes of the others. We've become like them. Weak, cowardly. It would be better for us to die 
as long as I draw breath. The Empire will not turn its back on you. I get the feeling you miss Phlox too. Maybe it's just the fast cheese he's gotten sick by. Porthos is, um, Hold that Archer's talking to Porthos in his quarters Captain here. Archer, I'm told you have some questions for me. Where's my doctor? He's safe. On a mission of great importance to Starfleet. Phlox was kidnapped. Starfleet would never authorize that. Reread the charter, Article 14, Section 31. There are a few lines that make allowances for bending the rules during times of extraordinary threat. What threat? Take your pick. Earth's got a lot of enemies. Klingons attacked my ship? Is that what we're talking about? What I want to talk about is Lieutenant Reed. He's done good work for us over the years. Don't be too hard on him. He was just following my orders. You put him in an impossible position. I can understand why you would feel that way, but this is bigger than one captain and one ship. You're gonna have to do better than that. All I can tell you is that if you interfere before Phlox completes his assignment, repercussions will affect entire worlds. One of these four strains has the genetic trigger that can neutralize the virus before it advances to its lethal stage. Which one? I don't know yet. That's why I have to check each of them. How long will it take? A week. Your fleet can quarantine this world, hmm? While I complete my tests, sterilization is not necessary. Fleet Admiral Krell will not extend his deadline. The only possible way to get results on Krell's schedule is to infect four healthy Klingons. You have four right here. Only one of these strains will work. The other three will be lethal. Ethically, it's unthinkable. The ethics, Doctor, are simple. Three lives to save millions. It's weird to me that there's four things and he knows one's good and three aren't. It's like, really? How does he know that? I was a young ensign. It was like, it seems like it would. How do you feel about it now? It's weird to me. I thought it was done. This is the first time that Harris has contacted me since I've served on Enterprise. He told me about the plague. He said they needed Flux to help the Klingons find a cure. I was supposed to just slow us down. Did Harris tell you about this? I had to Paul take a closer look at our prisoners' medical scans. It's human DNA. I'm guessing the plague is a side effect of a military experiment that went wrong. I didn't know. Harris claims he's doing this because Starfleet needs a stable Klingon empire. Do you believe him? I don't trust him. If the Klingons needed our help, there are easier ways to get it. I wanted to tell you everything, Captain. There's a way out of this. I don't have to put you back in the brig, but you have to choose where your loyalties lie. I wasn't told where Flox was taken, but Starfleet Intelligence believes the Klingons have a genetic research facility. Kufar Colony. Well, that's pretty much a, you know, hey, let's go there. I mean, 
our colony. Yeah. Archer brought Malcolm back up to the bridge now. And everyone's kind of standing up. As looking, you were. Looking at him. And Malcolm goes over to his station. How long until we reach Cuba? Six hours, sir. Captain, we need to be ready for Klingon patrols. I suggest that Columbia withdraws to a safer distance so that we don't make a single target. Open a channel to Captain Hernandez. Why did Seems like a good, good idea. Augments when Dr. Soong failed. Soong's mistake was that he made too few of them. Earth once had thousands. They became tyrannical and started a war. Klingons have discipline. Augments don't. Their increased aggression is matched by their decreased inhibitions. You'd lose control of them. Just as humans did. Now he injects one of his samples Floxted into this. Uh, How long until we know which general. one of us survives? An hour at most. Would blood wine affect the results? I don't believe so. Then we shall drink. <laughs> Through the bravery of these warriors. Doctor! Never on the job. <laughs> we know Floss was taken to Kubat Colony to work on a cure. We're gonna be there in less than an hour. <coughs> Krell's patrols will crush you. They've all been recalled to enforce quarantine zones. Floss will be in the medical facility. We need the coordinates. If you don't want to help us, help your people. Yeah, so the Klingon that they captured here, he's not looking so good. Looking a little uh, green around the uh, lack of ridges. Yeah. My brothers! <gasps> Flox is in with now the augments that uh, so are, you. are sick. I can rest. Doctor? The two guards are displaying the first symptoms. That accounts for two of the three lethal strains. So either General Kavak lives, or I do. It's the General, isn't it? His strain has the cure. If we work quickly, there's a chance we can't treat you in time. Now three Klingon uh, bird of preys are uh, approaching. As the Klingon aboard them eats the uh, some guff. What now? There's been a complication. Another one? This time your people failed to stop Enterprise. It's on its way to Kuvat with Columbia. Order them to withdraw. You know I don't have that authority. Then I'll destroy them. We had an arrangement. You did what I wanted. I don't need you anymore. You agreed that both our governments would benefit if the two of us worked together. And you, believe me. Load the amino acids. I'll extract the viral DNA from his blood. Archer just showed up here. Captain. You all right? Better now that you are here. Father. I was told that you had been killed. Spared me. 
I came to get my doctor back. We need him here. I have two ships in orbit, heavily armed. Gentlemen, please, I think I can speak for myself. Captain, I need a little more time to cure this plague. Cure? You were supposed to perfect the augment genome. I lied. Your son may be alive, but he will not survive much longer unless I complete my work. A few hours, Captain. That's all I ask. Several million patients are counting on it. Commander, three Klingon battle cruisers have just dropped out of warp. Open a channel to Columbia. Yeah, it's not going to be too good. The Klingons jamming everything. Oh, here's a little trivia question. What is it? The dogs who play Porthos. I'll tell you in a second. Archer Enterprise, tell the Klingons we have the cure. Enterprise, respond. This is Fleet Admiral Krell. I'm under orders to eradicate this colony. You don't have to do that. My doctor can stop the plague. I have a more effective solution. Hello, Admiral Krell. This is Dr. Phlox. I am transmitting the details of an antivirus. Feel free to have your physicians confirm my findings, and you're welcome to call with any questions. My orders are clear. Captain Archer, your ships are now the property of the Klingon Empire. Stand down or be destroyed. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Anyway, they had two dogs playing Porthos in Enterprise, Breezy and Windy. Proceed as planned. That took different turns for scenes. Leave nothing standing. Elite ships moving into a lower orbit. Recharging weapons. Intercept course. Columbia. I can't get through. They're firing on the colony. Target their disruptors. Nice effects in this Enterprise coming in from above. How strong are the shields around this place? Not strong enough. You said you had two ships in orbit. I'm sure they're doing everything they can. Archer Enterprise. They're closing from astern. Half cannons are down. Like you could use a hand. Let's keep those ships off their tail. Your ships are taking damage. How much longer? As I said, another few hours. Can you speed that up a little? Fox, I've got an idea. But if we want to get out of here in one piece, we've got to get that cure and we've got to get it fast. Would finish the antivirus in less time if I had a human host to replicate enough antibodies. I don't see any other humans around. Captain, I would have to expose you to the plague. I cannot predict what it might do to you. We'll give you the cure. Unquestionably. Let's get started. Yeah, Archer volunteers. What do you intend to do? This virus may be our best weapon against Krell. ships is losing power. Their port nacelle is vulnerable. Then fire at will. 
addition to the virus, I'm injecting you with a metabolic catalyst to accelerate your immune response. It won't be pleasant. Their shields. Commander, I've broken through their jamming frequencies. It's called Captain Arch. Captain, respond. Uh, Dr. Flock's here. The captain is indisposed at the moment. I imagine you have your hands full up there. To say the least. We have a plan to defuse the situation, but we'll need a few more minutes to carry it out. They'd appreciate it if you could keep the ceiling from caving in on us until then. Understood. How much whole plating do we have left? 62%. Mr. Mayweather, but it's directly between that cruiser and the colony. You may want to divert all available power to our dorsal plating. Aye, aye. It's working! Stay with him. I'll play these down to 40%. Keep firing. Captain Hernandez, please direct your weapons at the battle cruiser. Wish I could help. We just lost our weapons. Archer breaks one of his restraints, but the, one, the Klingon uh, is holding him down here. Is the canister ready? It's set to disperse five seconds after transport. Send it. Open a channel to Krell. Our plating's nearly down. We can't hold this position much longer. Admiral Krell. Dr. Phlox again. By now, you may have noticed the small package which we sent to your bridge. What you may not know is that it contains a potent sample of the metagenic virus. Even as we speak, it is dispersing throughout your ship, infecting you and your crew. Check your internal sensors. You will find that the atmosphere contains approximately 20 parts per million of the viral strain. Or if you don't trust your sensors, trust your senses. You will feel the initial symptoms in about... 30 minutes, tightness in the chest, irregular heartbeat, tingling in your cranial ridges. This is a cowardly attack! Maybe so. But I am prepared to give you the cure. Thanks to Captain Archer, I have managed to complete the antivirus. Of course, if you destroy this colony, well, treating you and your crew could prove difficult. I suggest you power down your weapons, Admiral, and let me cure your people. It's a pretty good strategy, actually, you know. Captain like, Starlog uh, supplement. Okay, we'll get you guys Admiral all Krell sick, too. Krell convinced the High Council to call off their sterilization program. They promised to distribute Phlox's cure throughout the Empire. There's no trace of the virus in your bloodstream. My Targ won't even recognize me. 
In the future, it may be possible to reverse the uh, cosmetic effect. I suppose this is what I deserve. Millions of my people will have to live with this disfigurement. It'll be passed on to our children. Life won't be easy for us. You did your best to correct your mistakes. That's all we can ask of ourselves. So basically now they, they look like the Klingons from the original series, you know, with no I'll ridges. Need to find a new specialty. Perhaps cranial reconstruction. I have a feeling that's about to become very popular. I'm grateful for everything that you've done. How are you feeling? Not too bad, aside from some strange cravings. Plate full of live gawk sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> the cravings should disappear in a day or so, along with your, uh, bridges. Not keeping a fire, you can. That makes you look intimidating. I should get back on the road. One of us needs to get some exploring done. Thanks for your help. I don't know how you survived all these years without me. Shouldn't you be joining her? I asked Tripp to stick around for a little while and help us out with repairs. Indeed. Our new chief engineer will no doubt be delighted for the help. No, Kelby's got nothing to worry about. I'm only here temporarily. And now we're in Reed's quarters. He's getting a message coming in on his uh, system. What do you want? I called to thank you. Everything went according to our projections. The Empire's been stabilized. I doubt very much they'll be experimenting with augments anytime soon. We could have explained everything to Captain Archer. That's not how Krell wanted things done. Since when do we do things the way that Klingons want? When it's in our interest. I had to keep certain details from you as well. I hope there are no hard feelings. This mission wouldn't have succeeded without you, Lieutenant. Don't ever contact me again. Is that clear? Maybe you didn't understand our recruitment policy. You can't simply walk away. I answer to one commanding officer, Jonathan Archer. Lieutenant, why don't we... Yeah, so Reed kind of tells him off here, but uh, it doesn't last forever. He actually has to use some of his contacts in Section 31 in the um, future in the Terra Prime type uh, uh, episodes that they do. Not too long after this, actually. Anyway, there we go with uh, the second part to the Klingon Augment story divergence this episode. I think it's they do a good job. I like the idea that these Klingons were experimenting with creating, you know, even stronger, better Klingons in the Augment uh, process like Dr. Soong. And this kind of went wrong for them, though, and created this virus. And then in order to cure the virus, they had to make them ridge-free. And uh, and so in the future, you know, I guess you can assume that uh, either they have to figure out a way to uh, modify it so the ridges come back, or all the Klingons we see now in TNG and everything like that are, um, you know, have reconstructed ridges. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, I am going to now play an uh, audio clip from a uh, listener to the show and uh, share his comments about this episode. 
Hello Rico, this is Father Beast with, I guess this is a Father Beast review of the uh, Enterprise episode Divergence. Or say, to say what this episode means to me, I have to explain the, the history of this thing that has been bothering me for decades. And, and that's the look of the Klingons. Uh, we all know that back in uh, the original series, the Klingons basically looked like uh, humans with um, coppery skin and uh, bushy eyebrows. And, you know, that was fine. But, uh, you know, then we went to uh, watch uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, and it starts off with these Klingon ships being manned by these strange-looking aliens. And I'm like, who are these guys? And, you know, from their dialogue, I eventually uh, realized that they were supposed to be uh, Klingons, but I'm like, well, why, do, why are they doing this? Why, are they, why do they look so different? And nobody explained. Nobody talked about it. And it was just always assumed that, yep, this is the way Klingons looked. And this is the way Klingons always looked. We just didn't have the technology to make them look this way back in the original series. Or we didn't even try. Or something. And that's just really irritating to me. And all the way through Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, we meet Klingons. They're the guys with the ridges on their heads. You know, and no explanation is given except a slight hint is given in the one Deep Space Nine episode... More Tribbles, More Troubles, in which they time travel back to, within the Star Trek episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. They point to the Klingons there, and the, the Deep Space Nine crew looks at Worf and says, Well, and he says, They are Klingons, and we don't talk about it. And nothing more was said. And I'm just getting really irritated. They did a, they, they almost threw us a little bit of a bone in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. When uh, most of the Klingons... Uh, looked like, you know, the guys with the uh, ridge foreheads. Except General Chang looked almost like the old kind of Klingon. The the old, uh, the uh, guy with the coppery skin and the bushy hair. And, or, I'm sorry, the uh, coppery skin and the bushy eyebrows. But, once again, nothing was said about his appearance. And they just let it blow off. And I was, you know, after all the uh, series and all the movies, I was starting to wonder if they were never going to talk about it. Well, then Enterprise came along, and the very first episode has Klingons in it. Guess what? They're the guys with the ridge foreheads. And I'm like, ah. So what they're going to say? just say, they were always like that? I was really upset. Until finally, uh, in this episode, uh, and the previous one, uh, Divergence and Affliction, they finally explained it. The why the Klingons used to have ridge foreheads, and then they didn't, and they just looked like guys with coppery skin. They very looked very human, with coppery skin and bushy eyebrows. Then later on again, they didn't. Well, it was the disease. Guess what? And it makes perfect sense, because the, because the disease was using the DNA of genetically engineered humans, so naturally, it made Klingons look more like humans. And I was perfectly satisfied with this. I've Yes, I'm completely ignoring the re the rest of the episode, just because I think the only important thing about it is that they finally explained this uh, this thing about, about why the Klingons look different. And as a postscript, I want to say I was very disappointed when I saw Star Trek Into Darkness and we saw these Klingons with these ridged forehead-looking helmets. And this was a perfect opportunity for the, one of them to take off his helmet and just be a human-looking guy with bushy eyebrows and coppery skin. But they didn't. So, 
I'm guessing the uh, director just never watched Enterprise or didn't like it, one or the other. And that's kind of a shame. So, that's my Father Beast review, and thank you, Rico, for the podcast. Bye. Well, thanks for your comments, Father Beast, about uh, this episode uh, and the previous one. Um, yeah, and you mentioned in your email that you had made a mistake and called that DS9 episode More Trouble, More Tribbles. Or more tribbles, more trouble. Anyway, it, yeah, it's of course trials and tribulations where they go back in in time. Some of the Deep Space Nine cast then end up in the the episode uh, Trouble with Tribbles and talk about you know how Worf makes the comment about the Klingons and the ridges. Yeah, so uh, so for those keeping track out there, the basically the way it was the Klingons, you know, in the Enterprise era of of shows, which of course was set before TOS, they had ridges. Then they started playing around with augments and created this disease. And in order to cure it, that that meant that they got these smoothed, four-headed Klingons like you see in TOS. And at some point in the future, they get the ridges back somehow. So it, it, it works. And I think that I actually think it fits fits pretty well. And, and it makes sense to me that they were makes sense to me that the Klingons who are always wanting to be, you know, superior and all that would be they'd be messing with genetics if anyone would be. So uh, that works pretty well for me. All right, uh, I'm going to segue right into a quick collectible review, and then I'm going to get out here and finish up today's episode. I just got this couple of, a couple of days ago. I got a statue of Felicia Day as Codex from uh, her web series, her very uh, successful and popular web series, The Guild. This is, there were some episodes and a music video where she uh, Felicia Day dresses up as Codexes, you know, because that's a character in like an in an MMO game that um, they play in this web series, The Guild. And uh, this is a statue. It's about eight, nine inches tall on a little base with a, a uh, there's a chest of gold that sits on the base and some gold on the uh, the base, that, you know, like gold coins, and she holds her staff. And uh, it's pretty good. I think they did a good job with the likeness. And uh, I, I've been wanting to get this for a while. I finally, finally did it. And uh, it's only an issue of... 500 they only made 500 of these and i got like number 133 so uh yeah i I like it a lot the face is a little bit maybe not quite um exactly felicia day but i think it works pretty well i think it looks pretty much like her and uh and they did some nice job nice paint app and everything the only thing i had a little trouble with on this statue was the uh the staff that she holds is separate from uh, her, you know, when you get it out of the package, and you got to kind of slip it in her hand. And I was a little afraid of that. It ha- it's kind of a tight fit in her hand. I didn't know if if there was some flexibility to the hand, but I guess there is, or was, when I put it in, and it, and it seemed to work okay. So, uh, so if anyone ever out there gets this statue and is wondering about that, that uh, yeah, you can slide this in. Her thumb will kind of wrap around the staff, and you can, you can it has a little give to it. So. Uh, so yeah, I uh, finally got Codex statue here, Felicia Day uh, as Codex from the Guild. Uh, it would be cool to see the other characters from uh, the show from the Guild uh, show up in statue form like this. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I guess they finally have ended, and w- there won't be any more new Guild episodes, which I'll kind of miss. Uh, but you know, they had what do they have? Six six seasons of it, I think six. Um, and they and I've got a new book that uh, I got a couple of months back. Uh, it's uh, called the 
the official companion to the guild. Uh, it's a soft cover, big format, uh, which has got a lot of cool background info, some great color pictures from the show. So if you're a fan of that, you know, and it wasn't even very expensive. I think it was like $14 on Amazon or something like that, the, the book. So um, anyway, yep, Codex as, uh, or Felicia Day as Codex statue that um, I picked up. I also uh, recently got a new camera that uh, I'm taking pictures of uh, for collectibles, and it was mostly it's a new Canon uh, with a large zoom on it, uh, and I'm going to be using that a lot uh, when I go to the Comic Con in a couple of weeks, and and just uh, it's been gosh, I think my old digital camera is at least seven years old maybe something crazy like that well my old digital camera has i think it was a three megapixel camera and uh it's you know my the the phone i got from work i think has more megapixels in the camera now than than my old digital camera so it was definitely time to get a new one and i and i like photography so i wanted to take some new stuff so uh, i'll be trying to take some better pictures of some of my collectibles and putting those up online in the near future but all right, folks, I think that's going to wrap things up. Uh, let me just give you a little bit of a rundown of what's coming up on uh, the show here for the next few weeks. Uh, I think I've actually got it outlined kind of through um, through December now, kind of getting some things lined up for uh, the holidays and all that. And by the way, I think for those interested, I think this year we are going to do another Secret Santa exchange. We generally talk about that and, and, and deal with that on the forum. I probably will mention it also on the Facebook group uh, this year, too. But that will be coming up. Uh, we'll probably get that settled and announced probably by the end of November. It's going to be a little tight with um, holidays and, and traveling to the convention. But I'll try to get that started pretty soon. All right, next week you are going to have Mark. Mark Daniels will be back with another classic sci-fi movie here. He's going to look at Kronos. Also, in in, uh, in two weeks, which I mentioned before, is going to be the Austin Comic Con report. That'll probably come out a little late that weekend, probably maybe even Monday or Tuesday, which is going to be a vidcast, I think, with pictures and video from the convention. On December 1st, it's going to be a Star Wars EU show with Chris and Brian. On the 8th of December, I'm going to be here with a DS9 episode by Inferno's Light. And on the 15th of December, you're going to have a special uh, look at the Doctor Who 50th episode with Meds and Chris. And I'm sure going to talk about a few things besides that. Uh, of course, we got the Christmas special for Doctor Who coming up as well. So, all right, folks, I'm out of here. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, Treks and Sci-Fi. And uh, I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks after Austin Comic Con. Next week again, Mark, with the look at the sci-fi classic film, Chrono. So take care, everyone. Bye-bye. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finally near And I can feel the change in the wind right now Nothing's in my way And I'm not gonna hold it down no more No, the night.
Thank